Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome back to Charlton Live, sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom and Bathroom uh, Installation. We are returning from our break for the international uh, break. Uh, glad to be back here on the big match preview as we gear up for Saturday's home game uh, with Reading at the Valley. Joining me uh, to look ahead to that game, first up, top right, the man with the Charlton Live muff, Ben Cloak. How are you doing, Ben? Hello, mate. I'm good. Usually after international breaks, it's a bit boring, but we've had a bit of everything, haven't we? We've had a bit of rugby... Some Cricket World Cup, being Aston Villa under-21s. It's all been happening. It's all been going on, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the rugby because it was going to happen sooner or later. Also join us, bottom of the screen, Tom Wallin. Um, I'm not a massive rugby fan, if I'm being honest, Tom. So last I heard, Wales were, were one of the favourites to win the, the, the Rugby World Cup. How's that going? Yeah, we weren't. But, I mean, not if, you wanna, if you want to talk rugby, it's absolutely mental that England are the only unbeaten team in it because they are awful but we've just got that magic touch mate yeah and they'll probably win tomorrow against arguably the best team in the world but there we go delighted to be back so cheers for bringing that up yeah don't even know we're playing tomorrow to be honest mate but there you go (laughs) Um, thanks for joining us so on this week's show uh, as i said we'll have a bit of a catch-up really as ben mentioned there there's uh, been a lot going on whilst we've been away Uh, a few little discussion points to discuss Uh, we're going to hear from mary bashford Uh, from the women's team ahead of uh, Sunday's home game with Crystal Palace. She's going to join us live uh, on the show about 20 past uh, seven. Um, We're going to hear from the Elm Park Royals ahead of Saturday's game with Reading. Matt Lansley uh, is going to try and give us a lowdown on what's been going on uh, over at the Majeski Stadium. It's been a a chaos, uh, really. Uh, So we'll try and work out what's going on. Then, of course, we'll look ahead to that game from a a Cholton uh, point of view uh, as well. We want to hear from you guys. Good evening to everyone who's joining us in the chat. Uh, Sam Cutts is in. Oh, excuse me. Uh, Andrew's in there. All hell let loose. Shiny Phil, Luke, Michael, uh, Jay, uh, Paul Davenport, along with uh, many others. Let us know uh, how you're feeling ahead of um, Saturday's game at the Valley. So our discussion points, I think we'll start off, Ben, with the fact that Anthony Hayes uh, has left the club. Um <coughs> Excuse me, this hasn't started very well. Um, tell us uh, tell us your thoughts on, on Anthony moving on, Ben. Yeah, I think if you look at it, first of all, it's obviously a shame. He's uh, been a good coach around the club. I, I can't remember how many be- years he's been at the club. He's been at the club a number of years now. I was looking at a lot of the comments underneath from um, players, former players, former coaches, and said, sad to see him go. Um, so he's obviously a very well-liked character. Um, and obviously we saw a glimpse of that uh, last season when uh, he helped us get to Old Trafford with Pierce as his assistant. Um, but yeah, as it's sad, because as I said, well-liked uh, guy around the club and obviously a proven coach, you've got to give Appleton his own people at the club 
so that he can succeed. Um, we saw Jacko got given a uh, Terry Skiverton in his um, in the next season when he was in charge, um, and uh, we saw uh, Ben Garner bring in uh, I can't remember his name now, the Scottish guy. Um, but with Nigel Adkins, I think we shoehorned in like our own coaches in with him, um, and with Dean, uh, I don't know if it was Dean's. Uh, a decision not to have anyone in with him, but I think it works when you bring in your own people. So Appleton's already bought in, uh, is it O'Donnell? Is it? I think, sorry, if I've got that wrong um, already, but he'll look to bring in his own people. I know the club have been interviewing people already, but I think that is the right way to go about it. And as well from Anthony's side, I'm sure he might have a different way of going about football, a different philosophy, a different mentality. And that might differ from the way Appleton plays. So they might have not clicked. Um, they might have chatted about it and it might not clicked and he's moved on. So again, wish him all the best. I'm sure we've seen that he's a great coach youth level as we've seen so many of youth players come through in his tenure at the club. Um, but I also think the decision is a good one because like see Appleton bring in his own people so that he can really thrive being at the club and we can really see him um, play his style of football the way he wants to do it. Mm, yeah, I'm shiny Phil's asking if we know why he left. Uh, did he want to? Was he pushed? I mean, it, it seemed quite clear from the offset when Jason Pierce was made the interim manager with Anthony as assistant rather than the other way around that, you know, I, I don't think Anthony was massively in, in the first team plans as we saw he wasn't in the dugout as soon as Michael uh, was here. Uh, I mean, there were sort of rumours maybe he was offered something back in the academy, which, which which he didn't want. But I don't know for, for certain if that's true. Obviously, you don't always get the full insight with this sort of stuff uh, that's going on in, in the background, Tom. But, um, yeah, what, what do you think about it? Are, are you sad to see him go? I mean, people like Anthony, obviously, we hear a lot about our coaches, particularly when they're in the academy, because we have such a successful academy. We always hear a lot about how great they are. But they, I guess we never really get to see that emotion at first team level for, for long enough to decide. And, and it's hard to tell exactly what role he played in the, you know, the, the situation with Dean, you know, whether, whether the, the, the lack of experience in the coaching setup as a whole was part of the reason that, that we were struggling under him. It, it's, it's hard to tell, but um, yeah. What was your views on that, on that leaving? Yeah. Uh, I'm not overly sad, but at the same time, it's not like I'm, I'm pleased he's gone. He's, he's someone who's been at the club for a long time. We're a club that traditionally has tried to retain Charlton people. Uh, you look at the the long period that Jacko was with us, from player all the way up to, to manager. Um, Jason Pierce, who you've referenced, who's now back in the youth setup, but I'm sure will go on at some point to manage the club again. Obviously, done that 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 one game so far. Um, so you don't like to see these these long term people go. Um, and I think the encouraging thing is as you say, that the academy has churned out players before Anthony was here and hopefully will continue to do so. That's not to suggest he wasn't involved and wasn't a part of it, but it's to suggest that the academy can continue with other people around as well. So from that perspective, I'm not I'm not too worried about the academy itself. I agree with Benji's point to a, to a degree around Appleton being able to bring his own people in. But on the assumption that we're not just going to keep a manager for a season and a half, and if we start next season badly, then Appleton's gone, because then you've got to reset the whole thing again anyway. And that's where having long-term people like Anthony, like Jason, like Jacko, is an advantage, because they are the consistent thing that filters through the, the whole club. 
So that's always a concern. I know it's the way football's going now and, you know, that that Curbs and, and Fergie and Wenger is a long time ago and I'm not suggesting that for a second, but Michael Appleton isn't going to do anything significant in possibly he'll get us promoted to the championship this year, maybe next year. But in terms of significance, in terms of stabilising us as a championship club, he's probably going to need two, three, possibly four years. Uh, and realistically, as the stat Benji sent around just before this pod, that, that doesn't happen now unless you do get promoted. So that's the challenge. That's the challenge. Now, if you do turn players, uh, turn managers over and you turn staff over with them, there's a lot more people you're having to bring in and out on a regular basis. Whereas if you can have some consistency, kind of uh, academy level and at coach level, and then you're just rotating the manager, it's different. But look, he's clearly done well for us. Um, as I say, I'm not I'm not jumping for joy that he's left or anything like that. And and hopefully he can go on and get a coaching role somewhere else and maybe kick on his career. If you're right that he didn't want an academy role, he's clearly looking at something else. And, and I hope he can go and do that. There we go. You heard it first from Tom. Um, Michael Appleton is going to be Charlton's next Alex Ferguson taking over the mantle from Guy Luzon, who was, of course, our last uh, Alex Ferguson, according to Katrine. Uh, excellent news. Right. Let's move on to the next subject. Um, the FA Cup draw. Absolutely fantastic that we've got Cray Valley paper mills coming to the Valley. It's one of the few games. In fact, I think it would have been the only possible fixture in the FA Cup where if we'd been drawn away, it would have actually been a shorter journey for me to go to the game than having to traipse all the way down to the Valley in like 15 minute drive away. But um, yeah, what, what a great draw that is. I mean, five, five divisions below us. It would have been fantastic if it was away from home, Ben, because, it, I mean, we probably would have lost knowing us, but it would have been a proper FA Cup tie that almost certainly would have been on TV. I think the fact we're at home in front of what will be a you know, vastly empty valley will take some of the shine off it. But it, it, that result, that draw is exactly what the FA Cup is all about. I, I, was at a, I was working the Bromley game the day before and I was texting Radio London's guy at um, Cray Valley Paper Mills saying they're going to get Charlton now because the manager said before the game he wanted Charlton. And when that draw came through, I was absolutely delighted because that's what it's all about, Ben. Oh, mate. Yeah, totally. I mean, me and you live local, um, so they're very local to us. Um, so oh, it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, I don't know if you saw as well, uh, Kevin Lisby's son plays for him. And uh, there was a video of him watching the draw through on his phone. <clears throat> and he went absolutely berserk when he found out it was Charlton. Um, I didn't know the manager as well wanted Charlton. Um, well, I guess you, you would want Charlton being a local club. And I also saw that stat if, that we're five leagues above them, but only four miles away from them. <laughs> so it's a pretty amazing stat. So, yeah, no, I actually think the crowd will be boosted from a, a usual FA Cup tie because you'll have lo loads of local people that might not even be interested in, in like, Charlton or or uh, at all, but might want to come along because it's such a local game and just they're interested in the local area and can see it as a real underdog story. Um, so, yeah, amazing, amazing that after what he did for the club. And, um, yeah, oh, just uh, one of those. That's why the FA Cup's the best competition, isn't it, when we can draw a team like that in the Cup. And, um, as I said, I'm sure the crowd will be a bit boosted, but I know what you mean. It will be not as great for them, but um, just amazing for them to play at a stadium like the Valley, eh? Yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of uh, local rivalries come to the fore, even when it's like a, a non-league team like this. So you, you may have seen a, a tweet from uh, Nick Godwin from BBC Radio London uh, saying they had Mike from Cray Valley 
uh, Paper Mills on on the show during the week, and he said uh, we're mainly Millwall fans down here. So honestly, we're going to the Valley looking for a win. Um, so that that would be nice if we could absolutely batter them. Just just as we could finally claim we've beaten Millwall, could, could we take that? I mean, that's probably the only way it's going to happen, isn't it? So uh, yeah, I don't know if he was telling the truth or if he was just doing it to wind the Charlton fans up, but. Like Benji, it's it's just a great occasion. I know the Charlton side of the crowd is going to be pretty low um, and that's frustrating, but it's just the way those early rounds are now. Um, but if they can, if they, and I've just seen Dean's put it in the chat as well, if they can price it right, could do well for Cray, could get numbers up. Um, uh, I don't know if it'll be on telly as well, which might change things because it's that local derby. So there's a few factors in there, but just as a, as a game itself, it's... Uh, yeah, it's exciting. And, and at this level, you, you kind of just want to, you're looking at the third and fourth rounds, aren't you? And thinking, can can you get a decent team? So to have somebody who on paper we should be beating in the first round, it is good. But as you say, it's not as simple as that. But um, yeah, with, with people coming back, I don't know if we're going to talk about injuries later, but with some of the players coming back and stuff, it's an opportunity to maybe rotate as well, which is an option, get some players up to speed. So we've got to look at it as a positive. I know it's another game, but um, yeah, an exciting one. Excellent stuff. Yeah, Dean's saying, I hope the club put the tickets at an attractive price so that Cray Valley uh, can earn uh, some uh, money. Um, Shiny Field saying, looking forward to seeing Lisby Jr. playing at the Valley, which will be yeah, it's just, a, just a great, great uh, story. Michael uh, said, uh, Middle Park is a proper scummy Millwall supporters area. It's where I live, I should know. I don't, I don't know why you listen to your pod if you're a, a proper scummy Millwall supporter then, Michael. But um, yeah, thanks for, thanks for joining us. Uh, yeah, Paul Davenport saying on paper, yeah, it's, it's a winnable, winnable tie. I'll put it that way. It gives us a chance of progression to, to the next round. Would obviously be the, the greatest embarrassment in the history of the club uh, if we don't. But there we go. Um, some other news while we've been away. Uh, we've actually signed a goalkeeper. Um, Sam Walker uh, signed. Um, we, we know that Harry Eisted was out for a, for a number of weeks. Sam signed, I think, up until January. Um, 32-year-old. He's a bit of a giant. He's actually he's, he's a local boy born in Gravesend. Uh, latest uh, team he's been with is with Kilmarnock for a couple of seasons, played 29 times in the league for them. He's had spells with Wimbledon, um, Reading, Colchester, Northampton, Yeovil, Bristol Rovers. He, he was in the Chelsea uh, youth set up as a lab without ever making a league appearance. Um, I mean, obviously, we, we know the situation we're in with uh, Harry being out, Ben. Um, I guess your, your, your main question will be what his distribution like, because that's the only thing you seem to care about when it comes to goalkeepers. Well, it's what happens now with goalkeepers. It's all about the distribution. Come on, you should know that. Um, yeah, look, I can't say I'm buzzing with the sign. I was quite surprised by it, to be fair. Um, but the more you think about it, I think this season we've got a lot of competition for places all over the park now, much better than last season, especially when you see pictures of Pan Kamara coming back into training this week. Um, and obviously it is a blow having I sit out because... He, uh, in true Charlton style, he makes an amazing performance, great saves, and uh, is then out for a number of weeks, maybe months. Um, so that was a shame to see. But the club are saying, right, well, we need some competition for Maynard Brewer's place. Um, is putting Henry Molyneux in there on the bench going to stunt his growth? Does he then stop playing under-18s football? Because that's on a Saturday morning when he's at the Valley in the afternoon. You can't do that, really. And he's he's just signed a new contract himself. Um, so we look at that and think, well, actually, this guy's available. Obviously, the scouting network have looked at it. 
Um, I, I quickly uh, looked on Kilmarnock's Twitter page and um, they seemed to quite like him last season. Made a few good uh, penalty saves I saw as well. He's a big lad, as you say. Um, so, yeah, if he can offer us something, he can offer that uh, competition for place. Uh, Spur Maynard Brewer on. I think last season, I was thinking about it, when Maynard Brewer was in the team, you just knew that Dean didn't fancy Jojo, did he? He never wanted to put him in. Um, never seemed like Jojo was going to push um, Ash out of the team. Um, so, yeah, at least this time we've we've got someone who can give him a bit of a fight for a, a spot in the club. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's a positive move. Um, but also, yeah, let's hope Eisted isn't out for too long. But maybe that seems like he is. Yeah, I mean, Sam's asking if we have any update. I mean, the last I heard it was, wasn't it, four to six weeks we saw reported a, a little while ago. I don't know if there's any uh, any change in that. Um, I'll, I'll put it in the chat, Tom, uh, and asking if our goalkeeper department is strong enough overall. I mean, Andrew Roth is saying, Sam, Bartram didn't need competition for his place, but obviously that, that was a different kettle of fish back in those days. Uh, f- footballers were, were uh, in, indestructible, apparently. And, uh, I mean, in this day and age, it is. I mean, it, the, the reason I asked that question, Tom, is, I mean, I was just sort of catching up on the um, on on the forums and stuff after uh, the, the the new goalkeeper Sam Walker arrived, and I was seeing some people questioning if that is, you know, even before he came with with Harry and and Ashley, if that's a strong enough role in our team. With some people saying it was, you know, we've got enough there to do what we've got to do. Some people saying it's not. You know, I have my opinion, which which I'll, I'll hold off for now. Just want to hear what you you think of it. You know, do we have a Assuming both of those were fit and Sam wasn't here, is our goalkeeper department strong enough to get us to the right end of the table? Uh, to be honest, I think my answer is I, I'm not sure. Uh, I certainly haven't seen enough of Harry Eisted, um, That I know he had an amazing performance on telly at a business end of a season, but prior to that, I'd never heard of the guy. Uh, so if I was basing it on that game, yes, he's one of the world's greatest keepers, but obviously if you... Uh, if you take into account the rest of his career, you're not sure. With Ash, there's obviously a, a reputation. There's the, the, I think it was the Rob Elliott interview about him, which we've come back to a few times about his potential. Um, but he's still very young and, and sometimes it takes time to get up to speed to a goalkeeper. So my honest answer is I'm not sure. I think with regards to the third choice keeper, you you look at it and you probably want somebody who's happy to you know, maybe in their mid-30s, they're an experienced goalkeeper. They're happy to sit on the bench at best most of the time, but also have the competence that they can fill in if needed. Or like Benji says, you go with a youngster, but then you risk them not having much involvement and, and losing out on their development. So in terms of them as individuals, I think they've both got aspects of their performances that are that are very good. Um, they've probably also got bits they need to develop. So I certainly wouldn't, if I was listing the best keepers in the league, I probably wouldn't have either of them up there. Um, but I don't think it's an, I don't think if we didn't get promoted, that would be the sole reason we didn't go up either. So yeah, they're okay. League one goalkeepers based on what I've seen so far. I don't think we've had enough sample size of either yet. Um, so yeah, I, I, not a very good answer, but the truth is I, I'm just not sure. Mm, yeah, really sitting on the fence there, Tom. But I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair answer. To be fair, I I I, I like Ash. You know, I know I know he's had his moments, and and uh, Ben, the distribution police, not not too happy with that. But I I I I think he's okay. Obviously, same same with Tom. We haven't seen enough from 
I stood, yeah, the, the, the one game he admitted himself where he made saves was the one where he's ended up unfortunately getting injured. I mean, Martin's saying uh, Eisted's are made of tough stuff, which is good. So hopefully he'll be back uh, but back in fighting fit when, when he's available. Uh, Trevor's saying we can't fault the club looking for a short-term safety valve. Probably unfair to throw a youth keeper out, uh, out there at short enough notice. Yeah, we had uh, is it Henry Molyneux, Harry Molyneux on, on the bench for one of the games recently. The fact that we don't even remember his first name suggests, you know, we haven't seen a great deal of him in the first team environment at all yet. 76 Rufus saying, looking at Beadle's progress, uh, why did we let him go? Well, we, I don't, we didn't want to let him go. He, I think Brighton sort of snapped him up and he was at that age where he could uh, go where he wanted and they had to, I think they had to pay like the uh, compensation fee for him. But yeah, I don't think we, we wanted to, him to go at all. Shiny Phil saying, I'm happy with the goalkeeper situation as it is now. If I was the manager, I'd make another call at the end uh, of the season. Dean saying goalies don't reach their peak uh, until they're in their late 20s, early 30s. Uh, would have liked to have had someone with more experience rather than Eisted and Ashley Maynard Brewer. Right. Uh, just, just very quickly before we hear from uh, our guest in a few moments' time, uh, Ben, I, I didn't watch the Aston Villa game. I didn't go to it, which is unheard of for me, but I was not babysitting because it's my own child, but I was at home looking after my daughter. Um, so I didn't even bother watching it. What, what, what did you make of it? We won 4-2 a couple of weeks ago. It's only the, the EFL trophy, so not the most important occasion. Uh, Charlie Kirk scored, which was a, a nice surprise. What, what, what was the game like, Ben? Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't, I mean, like the crowd that were there, I watched it on the stream. Um, I wasn't jumping up and down when we scored or clapping or making a loud noise. I mean, that would be a bit weird in my living room, wouldn't it? But um, yeah, minutes for key players. I mean, Miles Lieburn got minutes, scored two goals. Charlie Kirk got minutes. Scott Fraser got minutes. Um, It was sad to see that youngster go off with an injury, but that made Tenai Watson come on and he got key minutes. Um, And then well-taken goals. I mean, as you said, Charlie Kirk scored. Scott Fraser, what a great ball over the top. He finished it really well. Uh, Lee Byrne obviously scored a penalty. He made the penalty, first of all. Uh, took the penalty well. Uh, and then his other goal, he took really well. A touch, turn, bang, goal. Um, you're going to think I'm amazing. I've got an amazing memory, but I literally just watched it again before I turned on. And then um, Louis Watson um, scored as well, which was great to see because we've all been really impressed with him of late. And now he's added a goal to his game. So um, it gives us a different uh, dynamic for it. Mm for us to watch him. But yeah, he took his goal really well. So um, yeah, and then after that, uh, we brought on some big guns and then conceded too and they missed the penalty. Um, and yeah, if we're if we're talking goalkeepers, obviously it's not great to see Ash concede straight from a corner. So um, I'm sure he will be annoyed with that. Um, and I think obviously Appleton probably had a bit of a go at him after for conceding two like that and could have been mm. three if they scored the pen. But um, no, loads of positives to take with minutes. Lieburn getting two goals and um, well-taken goals. So uh, no, I, I enjoyed it, mate. Yeah, excellent. Is that why we went immediately and signed a six-foot-six goalkeeper just to prevent us conceding directly from, from corner kicks? I mean, that that is firefighting at his very best. Right. Uh, I told you we've got a special guest. Uh, Charlton women uh, are at home on Sunday. Uh, against Crystal Palace at the Valley. Big South London dive. I'm delighted to say now uh, that we're joined by the Addicts midfielder, Mary uh, Bashford. Mary, thanks for joining us on uh, on Charlton Live. How are you this evening? Hiya. Um, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, excellent. Um, thanks for joining us. Um, it's it's a big game on uh, Sunday at the Valley. Um, 
any game against Palace is big for us. But, you know, the start to the season that both sides have had, particularly for Cholton now, unbeaten in four, winning away at Blackburn last last weekend. It's a, it's a nice bit of momentum that the girls are on now. And I guess you'll be hoping to continue that this weekend. Yeah, definitely. Um, Palace have definitely had a good run um, at the moment too. They've like been beating teams by lots. Um, so we know like what, what threats they have. They've been very clinical. So yeah, derby games are always big. And um, yeah, we definitely be wanting to get the three points again this weekend. Yeah. How, how have um, you seen the start to the Charlton season? Yeah started ever so slightly slow. I mean, it's, it's three, three games without a win at the start of it. But since then, you haven't really, you haven't really looked back um, with, with those, four, those those last four. Um, like I say, that was a great win away at Blackburn last last week. You've had a uh, an outing at the Valley already this season. How have you you looked at the start of the campaign altogether? All, all yeah, I think we, we probably didn't start at our best. But I think every game we're... We're improving, like building from every every game, every week. We're just building a little bit more. So, um, yeah, we're just working hard on the training pitch as well. So we're hoping that we can just showcase all the hard work on the training pitch and, um, yeah, keep this good run and good form going. Yeah, and obviously this is a, this is a big season for you personally. You only recently signed your first professional terms with the club, having come up through the the Addicts Academy. I mean, how does it feel to to be out there and playing in the, in the first team now? Yeah, it's amazing. I think um, being a young player, like obviously I'm still learning so much and I'm quite new to the championship. So um, it's great to get lots of minutes. And um, yeah, just I feel like I'm learning so much at the moment. So um, yeah, grateful that I can um, get more minutes for the first team and yeah, hopefully um, like pave away and be a bit of a sort of role model to other academy players at Cheltenham. But um, yeah, it's like you can always uh, make it to the top. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously we've signed quite a few experienced players in in, in the summer as well. The 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 likes of Longhurst, obviously is joining, who's, who's had long time in in the in the WSL. So I guess uh, do you, do you feel like the Karen's sort of found the right balance in the squad this year? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I always have chats with the older players as well to just get more like um, just like learn more from them because they've got so much more to offer when it comes to like experience and um, uh, especially in the WSL as well, like. Kate's had lots of lots and lots of appearances in the WSL. So yeah, I feel like they're very good players to learn off and um yeah, they balance out the squad well. So yeah, I'm grateful to have players like her in the squad. So obviously coming through the academy and and, and I guess you sort of knowing that the dynamics of, of the Charlton Palace relationship over the years um in the men's and women's games do you, I, I guess you know how much um Sunday will mean to the the, the fans. Um I mean there's been run-ins and arguments between the two teams over the years which I found myself in the middle of once but um yeah how 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 important is this game like I say Palace Palace are scoring for fun this year like they've they've had a nine they've had a six and a a four I think recently already so how do you approach this game with the playing the the game I guess and not the occasion yeah it's never a quiet game between us and Palace is it um I think like we just we know that they're going to show up so but we'll show up too um yeah, and it's good to have it at the at the Valley as well. We know that all our fans will be down there, so hopefully giving us a bit of a upper edge. And um, yeah, we're we're always going to show up for a big derby game like this. It's going to be competitive, but um, I'm looking forward to it. And playing in front of a home crowd is always something to look forward to. So yeah, it'll be a big game, but um, yeah, hopefully one we can come out on top of. 
Excellent stuff. So that's 2 p.m. at the Valley on Sunday. Uh, Mary, thanks for your time on Charlton Live this evening. Uh, just go and get the job done on Sunday and we'll all be happy. <laughs> Thank you. Will do. Cheers. There we go. That's Mary Bashford from Charlton Athletic. Uh, women looking ahead uh, to Sunday's game uh, with Palace uh, at the Valley. Um, I probably have got time to ever so slightly go into the situation I found myself with Palace women a few years ago where we were playing away at Brom- against Palace women at Bromley on the same day that Bromley sacked their manager and Cray Wanderers, who also play at Hayes Lane, sacked their manager. So I made a joke on Twitter, oh, all we got to do is beat Palace like 10-0 and they'll sack their manager as well. Um, and uh, Palace didn't like it and tried to ban me from the ground that day. So, yeah, even even when I try to be nice and funny and you know drum up some interest in in a game, uh, that I'll still I'll still manage to find myself on the wrong side of something. Uh, anyway, right, um, let's have a quick break. Uh, when we come back, there's loads to uh, turn our attention to, of course, with uh, Saturday's home game uh, against Reading coming up. We'll see you in a few moments' time. Thinking about a new kitchen or bathroom? Find professional, independent, local installers with free home surveys, itemised quotes and protected payments, trading standards approved contracts and workmanship warranties. The British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom, Bathroom Installations accredits installers to ensure they are police checked, fully insured and experienced. Take the risk out of home improvement. Visit bikbbi.org.uk Hello fellow addicts. I'm so excited to tell you all about our micropub, The River Owl House. The River Owl House is based in East Greenwich. It has six Pub of the Year awards, an ever-changing selection of amazing beer. It's owned by Charlton fans, walkable to the ground in just 20 minutes with buses that go direct to the Valley too. If your matchday routine includes a drink with your friends, you must join your fellow addicts in the river. See you soon. Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cosy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There you go. Welcome back to Charlton Live here. Uh, the big match preview going up for the home game uh, with uh, Reading on Saturday. I was just uh, filling Tom in on the uh, situation with the Palace manager who I uh, accidentally insulted. Uh, he's not there anymore, unfortunately, for him. Uh, Michael says, uh, typical Palace behaviour, to be fair. Absolute nerds. Um, <laughs> there we go. Uh, excellent stuff. Right, we are playing Reading at the Valley uh, on um, Saturday. Uh, normally we get a, a guest on live, like we just had with Mary there from, from an opposition pod. Unfortunately, uh, the Elm Park Royals couldn't come on live this evening. Uh, so I sat down with Matt Lansley uh, on Tuesday evening for a bit of a catch-up just to try and work out exactly what on earth has been going on uh, over at Reading. It's been a real tough few years uh, for them, as I'm sure you're all uh, well aware. And it's not been a great start to the season uh, on the pitch or off it either. So um, let's have a listen to my chat 
uh, with Matt from the Elm Park Royals. Uh, he will fill us in a little bit more. On Charlton Live by Matt Lansley from the Elm Park Royals. Matt, um, thanks so much for, for joining us ahead of Saturday's game uh, at the Valley. Um, we, we get a, a correspondent from the opposition on every week on Charlton Live. But unfortunately, you've probably got the most detailed and interesting story of the lot. Um, before we even think about talking about football, um, you know, relegation last year, financial worries, protests, points deduction, the threat of administration you Royals fans have been through it over the last few years. Um, can you give us an overview on, on what's been going on at, at the Madstad? An overview, how to keep this short. Um, yeah, it's it's just been death by a thousand cuts is I think the best way to put it. Um, you know, you can, you can go back to John Medeski really. And when he first sold the club to Anton Zingarevich, realistically, that's where problems started. That's where debts started mounting mounting up. That's where over-excessive expenditure started. Um, it, he famously obviously brought, brought in some Russian players on massive wages, couldn't pay them, then had to sell the likes of Adam Lafondra to pay tax bills and the likes. Ties come in, didn't have the money. They were nice people, didn't have the money. But then Mr. Dai has come in and just kind of put every nail possible into the coffin and put every last cut really into, into a fan base. Um, it's been a slow decline over multiple years, again, through unbelievable expenditure. You look at the the ridiculous amounts that they've spent on transfers um, and then not helped by fact not communicating with the fans. He's apparently a very private man. We now know why he's a private man, because he's a crook out in China, wanted by Chinese authorities. He's in hiding, essentially, in the UK because of it. Um yeah, just not a very nice man. That mm. led to transfer embargoes, points deductions, and obviously where we are now, really, um, which is our third season. I think it is straight of a transfer embargo. We've still got, I think, another three windows to serve. Um, haven't signed um, a player for a transfer fee since 2020, and that player was only there or was only allowed because it was agreed the previous summer um yeah it's just been dismal that's that's probably the briefest overview yeah. i could probably give without boring yeah. to death i mean it, it's been going on for ages as well hasn't it so i, I did one of your games mm. at qpr about two three seasons ago when paunovic was the manager and at that time a oh, lot of discussion yes. was a lovely they, they could, nil. <laughs> yeah 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 it was an enjoyable game to work but from at, at the time i mean the discussion was oh they they, they can't even sack their manager because they can't afford to within ffp eventually they did but yeah it, it, it has been dragging on just, for a long time it wasn't just ffp mr die had paunovic resigned but mr die um rejected it and literally kept him there for about four weeks Mm. um you, you, like ffp was was a concern but but mr die was handed a resignation from paunovic about four or five weeks prior to when he actually got the boot or they mutually decided that yeah, yeah you can find you're, you're released the chains are off you know he was pretty much left there as a punching bag really excellent well so as you can see it's all been good news then for the for the last year i mean what what, what is what is likely to happen next i mean the threat of administration was, was spoken about. There's chat that a, a man with a very big beard, William Story, might might get involved. Who I, I'm not I'm not a follower of Formula One, but 
a lot of people who seem to know about Formula One suggested that yeah. he wouldn't be a great person to have involved if he were to come in and take over as well. No, sadly, I am a follower of F1 and remember his, um, the, the, the debacle at Haas when Rich Energy came in and then very quickly decided to come out, which we found ironically was because Red Bull um, didn't want a, a leading market competitor in F1. So they basically pushed him out or told him not to join F1, um, which I find is quite amusing from an energy drink that you can't even find or buy anywhere. But um, but yeah, they they. When clubs are in crisis, the vulture circle, right? You know, I think our only saving grace is that, you know, he's tried to take over two clubs before, failed at both of them. Um, There are other parties that are interested. There's about three or four different parties, I think, including his. Um, I think the most worrying thing is I think he's just wasting time and he's wasting time really that the club doesn't have um, because, you know, we are teetering on the edge a couple of um, months ago apparently our sponsors select car leasing paid the wages for the players because again the owner doesn't have the money because he can't get out of china because all of his assets are frozen um you you know that it's just it's just chaos um just Mm. the sooner an owner can come in the better but then you have kind of the the worries about who that next owner might be because we're in a desperate situation. And when you're in a desperate situation, can you be that picky or choosy over owners? All you can do is hope that the EFL fully vet ratify kind of those who come in. Sadly, they failed three times previously with the owners that have come in at Reading. Um, Hopefully that's, you know, we've had the last of our hideously long um train of medicine and you know mm. we can finally start recovering so but yeah yeah i mean it, it never quite got to the state it is at reading with charlton but obviously we're, we're a team that's been through that and, and there's been plenty of others that, that have either come out the other side or, or like ourselves are hoping to at, at some point so obviously we wish you the best of luck um it clearly affects what happens on on the field as well um Five lost five of the last seven in League One. Uh, only one win in that time. I, I, I was uh, surprised. Um, the Leighton Orient game. I saw a video of, of the reaction that the players get from the fans at full time. And is there is there a feeling that the players are culpable as well as the ownership at this moment in time? Because certainly we're getting short shrift from the away end after the defeat of Orient last time out in the league. Yeah, it it was it was a messy scene after Leighton Orient, but that's that's I think an an, an accumulation of um 11 months or we're getting up to 12 months in fact we're over 11 months since our last away win we've only won or no we sorry we 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 haven't sorry we've got two points from i think it's our last 19 away from home or 18 away from home now we've lost i think our last nine consecutive consecutively away from home Uh, away from home it's just turgid to be honest um you know it's absolutely hopeless and what that is i i don't know um all like all i can say is that like the last the last two three seasons really away from home i think we've seen about six away wins in total in in about the last three seasons it's just absolutely diabolical and i think Leighton Orient was kind of just a, a an accumulation of that and because the way we lost at Leighton Orient we've seen a thousand times before over multiple managers where 
you know, we're, 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 grind, we're grinding out. It looks like we're going to get a point um, or sometimes it was potentially three points. Those lovely days where, you, you know, we used to be ahead in, 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 in away games. But we end up conceding in the last few minutes. I, I, I've lost count of the amount of times we, we concede in 85 plus minutes. Um, and again, went to a defensive formation, went to five at the back from four at the back. And we've seen that, like I say, a thousand times. Um, yeah, I, I, it probably wasn't as directed as the players as maybe it kind of looked. I think it was just a lot of bottled up frustration and tension, to be honest, because it has just been so bad away from home mm. for so long. You know, like I say, our last win away was the 12th of November last year. And mm. yeah. Difficult, difficult times on the field of play. Obviously, Chump fans will tend to hear someone speaking like that, and, and obviously fear the worst for us. Uh, uh, the, the record every we have, fan with... has said that so far. Yeah, so, yeah. No, um, yeah. I, I'm trying okay. to say every week, so it's jinxed, yeah. but it hasn't worked yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on on the field, th- there must be some positives, I guess. Um, what, what <laughs> who would you say are your danger men going into into Saturday? You've got your top scorer with five, Kelvin something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I, I need to hear someone say that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, is he up there? Yeah. No, like, I, it's 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 a weird place because at home the players seem to flourish and the home support has been really quite good this season. Fans are behind the players and even away from home. You know, yes, it's a new league and you know fans are ticking off stadiums and what have you that that goes about when you get new new grounds to go to. But you know, with 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 taking you know a fair amount for reading fans anyway you know fair amount of fans um with us and players that have kind of been brought in you know like ear bishman's come through the academy but then you've got the likes of don ballard who's on loan from southampton 18 year old looks like he's got an absolutely sensational future ahead of him um he's quick on the ball his movement's fantastic his link up plays really good he's one of those players where you'll see pick up the ball um uh, like, like like on the edge of the halfway line and before you know it he's at the back post waiting to try and tap it in he's that sort of player um but then you've got others like charlie savage who's come in um again uh, 20 21 years old i think and kind of kicked on a bit from from last year impressing probably needs to be a bit braver with the ball to try and be a bit more progressive he seems to just take safe passes but he's really impressed as well and like I say Kelvin he's he's he started really well he's reminding a lot of people um of Lucas Shaw for the last few years he's big he's tall he's kind of he's quite strong on the ball um got a turn of pace but it's got a lovely touch and can link up play again really well um so so kind of going forwards they're, they're the players but then at the back you've got like Tyler Binden again 18 years old come in first first taste of first team football started in incredibly well um got his first call up for New Zealand um over this international break and got his first cap for them Nelson Abbey as well youngster come through the academy 19 years old captain of the club now um as all the um elder statesmen of the of 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 the team obviously uh left earlier in this in the uh in the transfer window he's taken on the captaincy and has been absolutely fantastic he's got pace strong good tackling um so there's a lot to really like for reading fans about this team there's just the biggest cloud just hanging over the club though and that's obviously the situation that we're in and the frustration that that breeds and kind of 
I just want them to get this kind of um, uh, chip off the shoulder with, you know, the away statistic because it, it's terrible. It's utterly hideous, you know, when you look at it and kind of see see kind of, you know, how bad it is and, you know, how bad it's been for such a long time. Maybe when one win comes, you'll see, you know, a few come in quick succession. But, yeah, they, they just need to get that. They need to get that first first win away from home and just try and kick on from there because it's it's killing them because you compare home and away and it's it's chalk and cheese, really. There we go. That's Matt. Uh, joining us from the Elm Park Royals uh, with, with a pretty sorry story. Um, unfortunately, it's been a dreadful few years uh, at Reading. Um, I mean, obviously, Matt, Matt's gone into the on-field problems, look, looking at uh, or the off-field problems, I should say, looking at the on-field situation. Obviously, haven't scored, uh, haven't won away for uh, nearly a year coming up now, Ben. And as I said in the chat, and as everyone's saying in the uh, uh, in, in in the YouTube comments as well, almost certain that means that Reading will win on Saturday. Um, big money going on Reading, uh, Dean said uh, as well. Um, we we got to make sure we aren't the team that becomes a statistic breaker. Um, so we, we we I guess the the danger is going in with any level of complacency because that's where you come unstuck. Yeah, totally, mate. Um, I mean, they've had some decent little wins this season, albeit at home. Um, I know they beat Stevenage. Um, yeah, well, look, we've got to go into the game and forget where they are in the table um, because there's a lot of off-field fit, uh, stuff that's happening, as we just heard there. And uh, that's obviously playing a part because they've been deducted a few points this season, which uh, I know we can sit here and go, I'm glad it's happening to someone else, but it's it's not nice to wear. Football shouldn't be ran like that, should it? I mean, a guy who's flipping running away from another country and driving a club into the ground it's it's not nice to hear um but look we've we're we've just got to focus on the football side of things and and take them as we see them um tom just mentioned in the chat there and i know uh, matt did there with robbie savage's son coming through the man united youth academy someone who who we should be watching out for just looked as well in the pizza trophy they had a little local derby win against swindon Harvey Nibs, who was a star for Cambridge last season, scoring a hat-trick. So that's going to give him a bit of confidence going into this. But um, look, we seem to be all on the attacking front at the moment. Um, so it seems like it'll be another game where we can really attack a side whose confidence is really down. And we've got to approach the game like that. We've got to be uh, on it from the first whistle because we're playing against the team, as he just said, their confidence is as low as anything. They haven't won away from home in such a long time. Um, so if we attack from the f- first whistle onwards, really go for them, then um, we're confident, mate. We we are a confident side at the moment. We scored a lot of goals at home. We've got a massive attacking threat now, players to bring off the bench. A lot of players all fit now and raring to go, especially with Aniki, the cheat code um, that he is. Um, Corey Blackett-Taylor in a form of his life so we've really got to go at this team um, and whereas like our last home game was against a decent side in Blackpool I mean they got a good result on the weekend as well um, we're playing against a side who are low and as you said argued with their supporters at the end of the game in their last game so it's a packed yeah. out way isn't it as well so they don't want to be doing that at the end of the game again yeah, I mean, that, that's become a bit of a recurring theme this season. On a Saturday evening, I find myself on, on Twitter looking at a ready in the way end, having a proper go at their players, which 
it, I asked Matt about it just to try and gain a bit more insight from their their club's point of view because it, it, even at our lowest low in terms of you know the 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 off the field stuff when we had to throw when fans were throwing stuff obviously I didn't when the fans were throwing stuff on the pitch and and, and that sort of stuff um, I, I felt like we still stuck with the team support the team that the regime was always the quote and it's got so bad at Reading now that that sort of spilled into the players as well and and like I say you you always see in these Reading fans receiving apologies from their their players at away grounds whilst giving them both barrels and and I think that's honestly that's something that we'll have to try and take advantage as well because that will affect their confidence I mean Matt mentioned some of the names Kelvin Ehebishium was was is their top scorer they've, they've got Nelson Abbey was one who who was mentioned as well I visited uh visited Nelson Abbey as a lovely little national trust location actually it's worth worth, worth a go that but um yeah for, for all those players that, that Matt pointed out I honestly think that they, they should be there for the taking because I, I think it's not an easy place to be playing at the moment in a red shirt Tom totally and like Benji says we can't be complacent but at the same time we can't feel sorry for him on Saturday players have got to go there and, and smash them to bits and then after the game we can feel sorry for them as a club because as you say we've gone through similar not to the same extent yet luckily but yeah, on Saturday, it's, it's about that 90 minutes. And, and as you say, we should take the game to them. We should try and play on the fact that their fans are feeling like they are and reacting the way they are. Um, maybe they feel they're not getting, well, clearly with the losses, they're not getting the performances. I think I can't, there are incidents where we felt players were shirking responsibility um, for it. You know, the Reza sending off away, for example. You think, well, whatever. Um, but But as a whole, it never felt like, majority of players weren't trying for us so if they're seeing that then they're entitled to obviously to voice that but um yeah i think uh yeah we as i say we can't we can't feel sorry for them on the day we've got to go there as benji says we've got to be professional we can't be complacent because if we do then we will get picked off we've seen that against teams already this season um but it's certainly one that you're looking at and you're thinking okay we we, we should be continuing that unbeaten run we're on a good run of form ourselves and I think even if we were coming up a club who weren't in that chaos but were down at that end of the table, we'd still be looking at it based on our recent run of form and performances and thinking we should get a result out of this. So it's by no means a foregone conclusion, but at the same time, it's one that if we had to come on here on Sunday and we'd lost it, I think we'd all be very, very disappointed. It's not one where we'd go, well, that was fair enough. So if you think of it like that, then then yeah, we should uh, we should absolutely try and take it to them as early as we can and try and get an early goal and, and turn their fans on them as soon as possible. Yeah, I mean, Andrew said in the chat, too much uh, competition for places for any uh, complacency. Certainly uh, up the top end of the pitch, Johan's pointed out, you know, Lieburn uh, or Anike for us on Saturday. Lieburn's young and good on good form. Anike's fit. He's ready to start. Obviously, he started the game against Exeter uh, City. Although, I mean, when he came off the bench against Blackpool, it was, it was like ages ago now, but that was just one of the best performances we've seen from him in the Charlton shirt, and that's even without scoring. You know, again, it's a real tough one for for, for Michael Appleton. They could both squeeze into the side with one one of them playing you know, with more likely Leeburn sort of playing out right. But it was Leeburn who started last time out. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's been scoring goals recently, but didn't didn't score against uh, uh, against Blackpool. And that 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 is that a decision you'd want to be making, Ben? How how would you would you go there? Well, as, as we just saw there um, from the comment, um, there's great competition for places. Um, as you just mentioned, um, Lee Burns started last time out. Um, obviously, 
forgetting the pizza trophy game, but he scored two goals in that, so that'll give him confidence. Um, but it's 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 happened the same way either way round, hasn't it? Like you had Leeburn start um against Blackpool and Chucks came on and was amazing and totally changed the game. And uh unlucky for him, he came close himself on a couple of occasions and you just thought, God, if that went in, that would have given him such a boost. And I was sat right by the tunnel after that Blackpool game and he was gutted after that. They hadn't scored. Um, and I looked at him and thought, why are you so gutted? Like, you've just made us um, come back in this game and, and draw against a good side. But he was just gutted because he hadn't scored. Um, so I loved that hunger from him. But then in the game before, you had him start. Uh, I think he hit the bar, didn't he? And then we scored from the rebound. And, and he looked good against Exeter, but didn't score. And then Lieburn come off the bench and scored a really well-taken goal. So this is, I mean, Dean Olden's probably going, flip, look at all the competition they've got now. I didn't have that. Um, so it's, it is tricky, isn't it? Because you can't start both of them because the the impact they make from the bench, I mean, as we saw against Blackpool with the impact Chucks make and the impact Lieber made when he come on against Exeter. So it's tricky which one you start. Um, I'd personally give it to Chucks at the moment because... I think he is just real chomping at the bit to get a goal. Um, and we saw Lieber come on against the okay, they were down to 10 men when he come on and made an impact when he come on as well. And I just think if um, against the side with such low confidence, if Chucks is raring to go from that uh, starting whistle, I keep saying starting whistle, don't I? From the start, um, then I really think that can real put him on the back foot. If you have someone like Chucks, going at them right from the start, then as their confidence is low, then that can really put us on top. Then you bring Lieburn on with the energy that he's got. I think that'll work in our favour. So, yeah, personally, I'd, I'd start with Chucks this weekend. Um, probably not Tillage. I saw the comment there. You'll probably ask that to Tom anyway. But, um, yeah, I won't let Tom answer that one. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, let Lou said what about Tillage. So I won't ask Tom that just because, I mean, we've spoken about options up top. Uh, I sort of agree with what, what Dean's saying. Chucks is uh, at his best when he comes off the bench. Uh, I run out of milk saying no uh, Tedich on the wing. I'd rather have two park, which I, again, I think I'd uh, uh, agree with uh, as well. Um, Alan Shepard's mate just made a handful of really good points in a row, actually. So I'll try and go through them as well. But, you know, the obvious things we need to not do, the silly defensive mistakes. We did that last time out against Blackpool and it's cost us uh, points. Um, it says no slow start as well. So this is an interesting one. Uh, you know, bearing in mind we have got another game on Tuesday, which, we, which we'll obviously talk about Sunday, but that is something that will be thought about as well when it comes with rotating those strikers. But I, I do wonder what, what Michael has to do, Tom, to get that 90-minute performance from his side, because every single game has been a 45-minute performance, I think it's fair to say, under Michael. And I'm not really sure how you know, what, what he does to get that message across for, for longer. And now I'm not saying that we have to completely dominate the game and spend 90 minutes camped on the edge of, of Reading's penalty area on Saturday because that's just not how games go. Johan's asked a good question as well, which is down my list. But how, how do we make sure that that we perform for, you know, 60, 70 minutes rather than 45, you know, to a half and, and chalk and cheese halves, basically, which we've seen pretty much every game so far since Michael's come in? I think, I think he basically needs to go into that pre-match team talk as if we're 2-0 down. Because whenever we're losing and he goes in and gives a team talk, he gets a reaction out of them. So I don't know if uh, if it's carrot and stick and actually they like 
you know, they like being shouted at. They like being motivated by being criticised, if that's what he's doing at half-time if we're losing um, or, or whatever. But, yeah, obviously I, I didn't see the, the EFL trophy game where obviously we did start well, but the league games that I've seen, I can't remember too many where we've started well at all. Probably going back a few seasons, actually. So so something does need to change. Um, of course, we've managed to, to come back and we've talked about those the fact that we've come back from uh, from losing positions twice in the past few weeks, having not done it for over a year. So we've shown we've got it in us. But uh, as a fan, I'd rather not be in that situation. I'd rather go in against Reading three or four up. And as you say, then it's about maintaining it again. So I don't, I don't know if it is complacency. I think those defensive mistakes do play a part as well, because arguably the Blackpool game, we would have probably got a comfortable victory had it not been for that. Um so it's all they're all they're all factors and they're, they're all as you said very very relevant points but yeah i think um if he can find that way to start quickly as i say this is a team that we can turn their own fans against them i'd like to think the momentum would then be with us i appreciate the efl game that we dropped off but it was an efl trophy game it wasn't a league game and i think this would be different um so yeah if he can figure that out i think we're on to something and you know, before we get too critical of that, let's not forget that we are unbeaten under him. I, I know we've had to have a couple of comebacks and stuff, but we we have put in some good performances, just not for a full ninety minutes yet. But um, yeah. it's early days for him, and it, it feels like it's coming. Yeah, excellent. Um, yeah, so Johan's asked a question: Fraser or Watson? Now, I think the, the way that Louis Watson's been playing recently, I, it would feel harsh to drop him, certainly. But Scott Fraser is the sort of player who, who could do something on his day. You know, we mentioned it a lot last season. I always felt like there was a little bit more to come from him. But at the same time, I think nine goals last season, a decent amount of assists. I can't remember exactly how many, but it's, 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 another, it's another area where we're just seeing a little bit of that depth now, especially with Pan coming back soon as well. As you mentioned, Ben, he's out there on the grass, as everyone likes saying now. But yeah, mid, midfield and up top, we're, we're, we're stacked as... Just the back where I'm still slightly nervous. But yeah, Fraser or Watson for you, Ben? Uh, Watson all day for me, mate. I think him and Dobson really complement each other in the middle. Um, I love the way that um, they both spray the ball around and want the ball. Um, they're very hungry players. And I, and I think Watson really warrants his place there. I mean, the last couple of games, we had two back-to-back home games, didn't we? And I think he played really well in those games. Um, as I said, he bagged the goal against Aston Villa as well. Um, look, I, I think Fraser is a great player. He's in his on his day, he's one of the best in the division. But I think his standards dropped last season. He wasn't consistent enough. But an aspect of that was we didn't have the competition to push him to perform every game. Um, and now we have, as you said, Pan Kamara again on his day. He's smashed this division up. I mean, for Plymouth, he was one of the best players in this league easily. Um, but again, suffers with injury. So we've got great competition. You've got Karoy Anson there. He's probably buzzing now after he's just been away on international duty for Jamaica. So he'll be chomping at a bit to play. Unfortunately, Terry Taylor's injured. Um, but there's still, as you said, a massive competition for places there. Um, it looks like Alfie May will probably play in that number nine role. So you've just got two players behind that. And I, I imagine it'll be Dobbo and Watson. I, I'd be disappointed if Watson got dropped for Fraser because then you're basically just going on Fraser because of his history of being a good player in this league. Because on performances, Watson deserves to stay in there. And and I think, yeah, deserves to keep going because he's he's played well lately. So, 
unless for injury sake, um, yeah, you keep going. And then again, the result isn't going well for us. You've got these people to bring off the bench um, and these players are performing because they know these players are on the bench. So it's a great headache for uh, Mickey Apples to have. Yeah, as you say, May May in, in, in the ten role. I mean, we can see where he got all his energy from this week in, in that in that video, drinking all that coffee. Uh, half of it ended up down his shirt, apparently. But um, yeah, excellent. Uh, one last decision for us to make, and it's going to be put on you, Tom. Uh, a Simway or Tanai Watson at right back. So Tanai, uh, when he came off the bench against Wickham Wanderers, uh, brought energy, brought overlap. Um, he obviously was replacing a banker in that game uh, and set up the goal for Tedich. Um, but actually, he's had a couple of moments since then. Uh, I don't know if it's enough to say I wanted to be dropped. But then when a Simway came on against Blackpool, he was linking up really nicely down that right-hand side as well. So, yeah, decision decision for Mr. Tom Wallin to make there. And whatever you say, Mickey Apples has to do. That's how it works. I was going to say, I didn't know I had this sort of power. Um, <laughs> as it's the only chance I'll get, I'll say me then, and I'll have a, I'll have a run out <laughs> at 33. But uh, I think probably I would stick with Watson. I think... You know, I've banged on about this for years now. I like the consistency and he started the last league game. So I would just I would just stick with that. I know we didn't win the game. I know we didn't keep a clean sheet, but there were other circumstances around that. Um, although he was potentially played a part in being at fault for the first goal. But uh, yeah, I would stick with him. I think Asimway has been brilliant. But even at the start of the season when he was playing a lot, we were saying don't keep him in the firing line too much. As you say, he's an asset off the bench. The bench is a huge part of the game now with the five subs. So I'm not saying he, he doesn't deserve that spot, but if he can come on and change the game, then use him for that, like we've done with Chucks plenty of times. So uh, I'd probably go Watson. So, um, yeah, lump on that if uh, Mickey Apples is definitely doing what I say. Excellent stuff. Right, fantastic. We've run out of time on uh, this week's big match preview. Thanks for everyone who's uh, joined us. Uh, either on the live stream in YouTube, leaving your uh, excellent comments or uh, via the podcast uh, afterwards. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, both to our YouTube channel at Charlton Live uh, and where you get uh, your podcasts as well. We're on Facebook and Twitter and all that as well. Just follow us everywhere, um, and and then you won't you won't be able to lose us or shake us off. Really, you have to watch all of our shows. Um, massive thanks to our guests uh, today. We've heard from Mary Bashford uh, from the women's team. They're playing Palace at the Valley uh, on Sunday, two p.m. kickoff. We heard from Matt Lansley uh, from the Elm Park Royals, of course, giving us the uh, the. the tale of woe really unfortunately that is uh, the situation uh, with Reading at the moment we do hope it gets better uh, for all of them massive thank you as always to Ben Cloak and to Tom Wallen for joining me this week a pleasure to speak to you chaps cheers lads enjoyed that thank you everyone excellent stuff don't forget we're back on Sunday 10am uh, live on YouTube or you can catch up afterwards to uh, look back at the game with Reading and ahead to Tuesday's trip uh, to Lincoln so we look forward to seeing you uh, then but thanks uh, for listening uh, to this week's big match preview I'm Louis Mendes this has been Charlton Live sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen Bedroom and Bathroom Installation we shall see you on Sunday <laughs>
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 